You're listening to the Weekly Wrap-Up on Sprott Money News. Well, hello once again from Sprott Money News and SprottMoney.com. It's Friday, January the 25th. It's time for your Weekly Wrap-Up. I'm your host, Craig Hemke, and joining us as usual this morning is Eric Sprott. Eric, happy Friday. Hey, all the best to you too, Craig. Uh, looks like we might end up with a decent week here, having sort of stumbled around, but uh, it's been good uh, in stocks and it's kind of okay in the precious metal, so not a bad week. Yeah, we just get the week to end before they come and smash us again. I think we'll consider it a smashing success, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> and for for everybody that's watching prices, wondering when the right time is to add physical, it's always the right time to add physical. Let's just put it that way. And a great way to do it is, of course, to visit SprottMoney.com. If you check out our Sprott Signature Sale, this is an important time to do it because there are great products there, and some have already sold out. So don't miss a chance to purchase random year products at discounted prices. You can't beat that. Call 888-861-0775. Or, of course, you can visit the deals page on SprottMoney.com for more details. Uh, Eric, like you said, uh, surprisingly enough, we're actually up so far on a Friday, which gives us slight gains for the week, which is just fine with me as we move to wrap up the month next week. And, uh, you know, we've had some interesting things happen. We had the uh, the, the Golden Cross here with the 50-day going through the 200-day. It looks like if it would hold here, we'd get a, a new closing high, uh, a recovery high here. Uh, the previous high was 1286. We're at 1288 as we speak. Um, so, yeah, I, I think things uh, look okay. One, one comment I should make is about the Palladium market. Uh, we have this backwardation going on here where the, you know, the spot price is way beyond the one-year out price, showing that there's a shortage. And uh, interestingly, the Palladium ETFs have seen a, a drawdown because people are using the ETFs to find their Palladium. Yep. Now, that, that can only last so long you know, until the ETFs got nothing in it, and then, then you have a real shortage on your hands. So I think there's lots of encouragement. Uh, I saw a great article by Steve St. Angelo saying that it uh, looked like silver production would be down in 2018 when we finally get the uh, the final numbers here. So uh, on the precious metal side, I would say most of the info is good. As you and I were just discussing, the GLD seems to be hammering away at putting a lot of gold uh, into the uh, ETF here. And um, we we saw a number, I think the last reported number was like 10 tons in a day. Well, my God, if you could do 50 tons in a month, I mean, that's 600 tons in a year. That's that's like 20% of all the, the mined uh, gold in the world for to into an ETF that uh, formerly... Uh, was a seller of gold. So that would be a very, very dramatic change. So that uh, that looks very good. Speaking of uh, physical questions and uh, physical statistics, you know, we, we know there are all these dollar creditor nations, countries like China, Russia, et cetera, that have massive dollar reserves that are converting their dollars into tangible assets like gold, which is, you know, if they're doing it, why wouldn't your regular person do it as well. We have the latest numbers on Russia. Everybody knows they're adding gold to their reserves every month. They added 224 metric tons in 2017, but now for 2018, we know they added 270 metric tons, so they increased it by 20%. That's a lot of gold that's leaving uh, leaving the market too. Well, that and, of course, uh, it, the most stunning thing would be if the Chinese are actually back in the market. As you know, they said they bought 10 tons in December. I mean, if the Chinese literally were in the market, and you know what, there's some signs that they might be. And the sign I would use or have used mentally 
is normally you see these big sell-offs in gold where the, where the commercials try to whack it down. And and I've found recently when it gets when it gets marked down sharply, it tends to rebound. In other words, there's a real buyer there, you know. All of a sudden, they get it down to a price where a guy says, fine, I'll take some of those tons off your hands. Well, of course, they don't have any tons. And then the whole ruse ends, and then back up she goes, just like we've seen this week where we've had a couple of brutal uh, down ticks. But you know what? Seems to rally back again, which to me is a sign that there's real physical buyer standing in there. And, of course, when a when a paper seller is confronted by a, a physical buyer, we know who's going to win that one. <clears throat> that's right, and uh, that's the side we want to win. It seems, that's for sure. Absolutely. Uh, all right, my friend, we've got some interesting stuff going on in the U.S. Uh, just here this morning, we expected, or at least normally would see, a durable goods report for December. With the ongoing government shutdown, there was no durable goods report. There are no federal employees to crank one out. This is uh, an ongoing problem. I think we're starting to see maybe some uh, impacts on U.S. economic growth, at least the actual employees that don't have paychecks, but also just the perceptions of everybody else, you know, and as they look forward. You know, the Fed has said they're data-driven, Eric. Um, there's not much data there, but boy, you sure would think this might start to impact things uh, as soon as March. Well, of course it will, and um, between the employees, and I, you know, for example, I someone suggested, I'm trying to think of who it was, I think it was a politician, it might have been Wilbur Ross, uh, that uh, the bank should lend these people money, yeah. which they should, by the way. In fact, they should almost give them the money, considering the rip-off machine they had there. Um, so there should be a solution to this thing. There's no doubt that the sentiment uh, is in favor of um, getting it resolved, but it, it's it's quite negative. <laughs> I was reading an article this week where there was something like $139 billion of uh, unexplained government expenditures last year. I mean, well, maybe that'll be down this year, okay, because you can't spend it if you're not operating. Uh, that's probably the only bit of good news, but uh, it, it's shocking when you see these statistics about the government and the wastage, and, uh, you know, you sort of wonder what, what they do all day long that's that's truly productive, and I don't think there is much that is productive, to be honest. So uh, it doesn't bother me that, the government shut down is probably a good thing, but it's it's not going to be good uh, for the economics uh, spinoff. That'll be negative. Yeah, exactly. We've got a, uh, a kind of in-between Fed meeting next week, so people might want to keep an eye on that. It's not considered a live meeting, as they call it, but there will yeah. be you know some statements afterwards, so people might want to watch for that, too, because I would sure think, and I imagine you're thinking this, too, the, the March meeting is going to be the one to keep an eye on. Yeah, and of course, there's lots of signs of uh, dovishness here. Uh, I, I think they would be ridiculous to imagine there'd be a rate increase and or maybe even the continuation of the tightening. It's probably the tightening is more uh, critical than the rate increase uh, because I think people have sort of realized there's a relationship between stock prices and the Fed taking money out of the system. So I think that's probably likely to be more on the table. And I think if they announce that it's off the table, It'll give gold uh, and all the precious metals uh, quite a shot in the air. Yeah. Eric, in our remaining time this morning, let's talk a little bit about the shares. You know, we kind of hoped that the, the metals would continue their rally as the calendar flipped. And then that should have driven the shares higher, too. But the shares are actually kind of flat to down on balance this year. But, gosh, with this uh, M&A activity picking up, at least between the majors, you start to wonder if, uh, you know, maybe institutional attention is going to start being paid to our sector this year. How do things look, at least to you, as the year begins? Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, on, 
fortunately, uh, my uh, viewpoint is sometimes a little myopic because I look at it through the lens of Kirkland Lake Gold <laughs> to a great extent, right? And, uh, of course, it continues to hit new highs here. And the fact that uh, Gold Corp and Barrick will both names disappear uh, it puts Kirkland Lake in line as the largest Canadian uh, gold producer and very likely in my mind to go into the TSX 60 uh, which I think it fully deserves to do on an earnings basis on a market cap basis on future production basis so uh, that's uh, hanging together and uh, you know I've never really uh, spent much time looking at senior producers because I think well man they can't they're having a tough time getting their production up, and I know the barracks report that just hit the low end of their guidance. So uh, I think it, it looks good if, if you're a producer who can uh, can keep it together here uh, and uh, show growth. I think there's going to be lots of interest. Um, I'm also seeing interest in juniors. I got lots of interest in juniors here. You know, I'm into something called RNC Minerals. They brought out an earnings release, or sorry, a, a drilling release this last week. We're hoping that they would find another very high-grade zone. They found two small high-grade zones, uh, which is good and encouraging. And I'm thinking that logic says they're going to find other very high-grade zones on this property. So uh, I wouldn't say they're home and cooled out yet, but uh, the initial drilling was great. And, and one of the interesting things about the drilling is they didn't miss on any holes, which is a little unusual. No. No, it's a lot unusual yeah. that they didn't miss on any holes. So that's very good. Um, I'm a big investor in something called Wallbridge. And by the, by the way, none of this is investment advice. It's just me narrating on sort of things that I see. And uh, I'm quite keen on, on the way things have evolved there in terms of the size of the ore body, both extending laterally and extending vertically. The grades have been good. Uh, they have some holes that are in the top 10 holes drilled this year in terms of grade length. Um, so that's pretty good. Uh, I think we'll see some drilling results out of a company called Sulcomon Iron that's drilling in central Newfoundland. Uh, fingers crossed on that one. I have no idea what's going to happen. But one of the things that I have sort of resolved in my mind is, you know, grade is everything. It's everything. When you see what happened at Fosterville and the grade goes up and there's no cost to getting more ounces when the grade goes up. And when I look at, um, for example, Walbridge, I realize, my goodness, the grade could be whatever, 15 grams here, which is way, way, way beyond. The, the average mine is 1.7 grams. Well, if you had 15 grams, you had a lot to work with, okay? That's, uh, that's a lot of money uh, per ton of ore. So. We've had some uh, great drill results, uh, both in the case of Kirkland and the case of Walbridge, Sokoman, RNC Minerals. And uh, these things bode well for profitability in the future. Now, three of them aren't even in mind yet, but uh, we're going to be there. So I, I find it really interesting uh, in the space as the precious metals prices start popping up here. And when you think that the, the economic future, uh, i.e. the dovishness that's likely to happen here, and its impact of what's going to happen to gold, the fact that the institutions are buying the GLD, that's a, these, these are all very great signs. Yeah, I, I might just point out, if we go back to just as recently as 2016, everybody remembers the price rallies of 30% in gold and 50% in silver in the first half of that year. But in, in as late as mid-January, the GLD, or, I'm sorry, the GLD, the HUI, the HUI index, was still down at 100, and then it went to about 280. 
So there's still time to get on board uh, some shares if you do your homework um, and uh, and find the right ones. It, I mean, this could still be a pretty valuable year for everybody. Yeah, no, I think it's uh, looks pretty exciting. Actually, I'm very much look, I look forward to every day here. It's it's been pretty good so far. So I hope it continues. I look forward to every week uh, talking with you, Eric. But for now, I think we better shut it down. But before, you know, before we go, though, just another reminder about Sprott Money because it's the first of the year. And people got to start doing their tax planning and their retirement planning. And of course, you can invest in precious metals in a retirement plan. And Sprott Money can help you do it. To just simply to learn more about precious metals and the self-directed investments, just visit Sprott Money uh, and you'll find out everything you need to know. Just SprottMoney.com. Of course, always can call us 888-861-0775, my friend. Always insightful to visit with you, and I very much look forward to catching up with you again next Friday. Hey, Craig, let's hope for another good one. Let's hope so. And from all of us here at Sprout Money News and SproutMoney.com, thank you for listening, and have a great weekend.